So welcome everyone to Sunday morning's Biblical Solutions for Life. There's more to be said after that. <laughs> what that is, we'll find out. I am Pastor Lunzing Lee, and I am uh, in place of, well, in a different place, standing where Dr. Baker typically stands on Sunday mornings, but she is standing in a pulpit in St. Louis, Missouri. So we are here in California, and I welcome everyone, including those that are on media. We are going to pray. We're going to find some biblical solutions. We're going to take a slightly different perspective, but it's the same message. It's the same message of the kingdom. Father, we thank you so much. I look up, the Bible says, I look up into the hills from where my help comes, because he said my help comes from the Lord. I get to look into a different realm from the one that my physical body is in, because that's where I live. And I thank you this morning that I rest in you, Holy Spirit. I am grateful to be nervous and fearful when I stand in this place. I am grateful to you that I don't actually have a thought in my head. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm able to bypass all of that and come from the Spirit be able to speak what it is that you give me to say. So we present ourselves as students, disciples of the message of the kingdom, which means students, so that we can learn, we can hear, we can go out and, and perform or re release what you put in us. I pray for all those that are under the sound of my voice, and that includes myself that our ears are open to hear, eyes to see, so we will listen and we will look, and then we will be able to reach out and to touch. I thank you for Dr. Baker, our apostle, and that the congregation in the gathering in St. Louis has been so magnificent. I thank you for the words that are being released and that the same anointing is released in this house yes. this day. And I receive it as such as a vessel of availability all these things always come in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that it is because we ask the Father in his name that it is done for us. And we receive it as such. Amen. Amen. So be seated, please. I was listening on my way in to a portion of the Wednesday night teaching. And there's a couple of different things that kind of, I, I, I imagine at some point we will probably touch on. We're calling this biblical, this is biblical solutions for life, but I have a different name for what is being taught today. It's still going to talk about the culture of the kingdom. We're still going to talk about all of the things that are covered on a regular basis. The only thing that is going to be different really is the vessel. Okay. Because the teacher is the same. The governor is Holy Spirit. What I, one of the things that I, I know we're going to do in the first part, and then it'll hit a little harder in the second half. For those that are watching us, we go from now until 
and then we take a 15 minute break and we'll pick up for part two at 11.45. So I'll give you that. You don't wanna miss it and comment now. As I've been pondering this for the last couple of weeks because I, I knew that Dr. Baker was gonna be gone. One of the things that I, I believe has been resonating and I'll start some of what's gonna happen this afternoon and I'm gonna mention it now. I talked about it a little bit on Wednesday. And that is that we have a tendency to claim to be citizens of the kingdom, but we continue to live out of our soul. And you cannot be a citizen of the kingdom, be led by your mind, your will, and your emotions. Every week in Biblical Solutions for Life, we are told we have to think differently. We're gonna to be told the same thing today. And every week we nod our heads and say, yeah, 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 I received that. But I listen to conversations and I indulge in conversations after some of these teachings and I hear the same things that were spoken prior to. The attitudes, the thoughts, the behaviors are the same on the other side of the message as they were before. So where's the change? When we talked on Wednesday, one of the things we talked about is that we test, we do an assessment. It's not a test that you pass or fail. It is an assessment of where we are and what it is that we have, still have yet to do. When the rich young ruler came to Yeshua and he was asking, what, what does it take? And Jesus was telling him, you must you know, sell this, do this, do this, do this. And the young man said, I've been doing all that since I was a kid. In other words, he's like, I got this, I got this. And then Jesus said, okay, then sell all that you have and follow me. And the scripture says that he was sad and he went away because he had a lot of stuff. And that wasn't the answer that he was expecting. We also talked about, and we covered the fact, I'm doing a review, but we're also gonna explore. We covered the fact that we fake it, or we think that, we, we like to pretend that we have this great spiritual depth to us. And we're not fooling anybody. And the worst is, is that darkness knows it and uses it to their advantage. We know that there are two kingdoms. Can I have my uh, first slide, please? We know that there are two kingdoms. And we're going to talk Kingdom 101 and the origins. I like origins because... We know that there are two kingdoms. We refer to them as the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. And one of the things that we looked at on Wednesday is the fact that one of the definitions of darkness is ignorance. And we've looked at, when you read in the Bible, it talks about their minds were dark, that they have to be enlightened. Now the world has taken that whole concept of enlightenment to promote another form of darkness. 
because they'll talk about a soulish thing, but they'll call it a spirit thing. And in the world, the soul is celebrated. I was thinking of a song, I could hear this song ringing in my head. I don't know all the words to it, I don't need to. But it's just that one line, I'm a soul man. And then you hear all the trumpets. I'm a soul man. And, you know, they'll talk about it. That person has soul. When we used to watch the TV show, the dance program, Soul Train, right? And so he wished us peace, love, and soul. Soul. I can tell what you didn't do on Saturday. Okay. Peace, love, and soul. And I'm a soul man was a hit. Okay. Because the celebration of the, of the darkest part of us, the part that they say, well, it must be enlightened and, and we're going to you know, help you to become enlightened and come into the light. Well, the light they're talking about is dark. How do we know? Because the words that they speak, the methods that are used, the, the pinnacle points, or what they think of as the highest points of awareness and enlightenment, take them into a place in the soul where, where they imitate spirit, but they get into the demonic realm, not the kingdom of God. Whether it is uh, whatever the sacred, what they call sacred counts might be, mind, uh, humanistic mind changing uh, religions that focus on intelligence all of the things that celebrate thinking they say have an enlightened way of thinking that is actually a depth of darkness and the Bible tells us not to mix with that so Kingdom 101 is, in origins, what we're talking about is the same thing as the, it's the culture of the two kingdoms. That's really all we have, is to introduce and to continue to, to not explore just, but to, to discover and to continue to move into more of the kingdom of God and allow that kingdom that dwells within us to take precedence over everything in, 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 as, in terms of our own expression. And I'm here to tell you, the soul does not like giving up control. This is why we struggle with an instruction from the word. And then we start to question in the same manner as was done in Eden. Instead of saying, did God really say, we think, did he, is this really what he means? Because you see, we believe, or we express a belief, whether we know it or not, that because we don't understand it, God must be wrong. I think that's pretty dangerous. Now that, to me, just explains the kingdom source, because that's sheer ignorance right there. 
see that? Yeah. Well, God must be wrong. Because after all, we live in this world. Let's go to the next slide. This is what we're talking about. Oh, not that one. Oh, that works. Okay. That's not what I wanted, but okay. Go back one, please. There. That's what I want. Okay. So that's pretty simple. In the beginning, we're talking about God. Another expression Jesus speaks is from the beginning. So this is the history. In the beginning is the origin. This is where it started. This is what we were talking about. And I'm hoping that you guys can see that on online. If not, they'll, they'll help you to be able to see what's on the screen. I'm only going to work on this side. So um, in the beginning, God created. Read that aloud. One, two, three. In the beginning, God created. Now do it like your best fifth grade reading voice. One, two, three. In the beginning, God created. Very nice, children. Very nice. Okay. Now, why did God create? Why? Because he wanted to. I'm going to simplify it for you. As Dr. Baker says, it's an open book test. Because he's the creator. Oh, <laughs> And creators create. That tells you something about him right there. He is true to his person. He really is. He is a creator. And so he just did what is true to his nature. Creators create. Writers write, dancers dance, singers sing. Creators create. There's other forms of creativity. Designers design and so forth. Okay, now that's Genesis 1-1. We're gonna look at Genesis in a little while, but these are just, this is an introduction of sorts, and I, or another, I gave a lot of intros, but. The word was in existence what it says. Now that's John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, again, was the Word. And the Word, I would look it up, you can look it up too, if you want, John chapter 1. The Word was with God, and the Word, yeah, is God. Okay, this is really cool. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That's where this origin was. This word is. The word was with God. It wasn't with the salamanders. I don't think I've ever used that as an example in my life. <laughs> I do know what a salamander looks like. I, I think you've gathered by now, I'm not really a marine-like person much since I've mentioned frogs are ugly to me. I like fish, but I don't know. When I go to those aquariums, I always wonder if they're thinking maybe if things were different, <laughs> they'd have lunch. <laughs> so I, I just have these, uh, it's because my imagination, I'm always 
thinking about things like that. So some of the thoughts that I come up with, I think they're great. Dr. Seuss said it well, all the things that we think. <laughs> so in the beginning was this logos, the something said, the things to say. And the words, it says that the word was with God. And the word was God. So that, it, that tells me something else. Uh, it means that you are what you say. And what you say is a part of who you are and what you are. Words are, we, we have said in this earth, words are expressions. They're expressions of your heart or they're expressions of your intent. They're expressions of what you're thinking. They're expressions of what you are going to create. Words are actually not seen. If you have a mind like mine, mine um, they used to teach, and I never learned shorthand. I couldn't do shorthand because they wanted us to spell phonetically or what is incorrect. And I cannot deliberately spell a word wrong. I have to work at that. Because I learned, I, you know, I have this thing about words, and, and so and this has been for years, many, many years. And so I could not deliberately misspell a word. So I really taint at shorthand. And speed writing, I just finally figured, I'll just type. Because <laughs> that's my speed writing. Words are expressions of, I, I give my words away and people have said, and you've heard this, I'm sure, for yourself. I, you told someone something, and they said, I keep hearing your voice say this to me. You've, you've experienced that. Yeah. That's because words are spirit. God is spirit. His words would have to be a form of what he is. And so the precedence for the origin of words is spirit. They're invisible unless, as I was saying, I can see a word. You say a word, I'll see the full word spelled out. Because that's how, I, how my mind uh, works with them and, and things of that sort. So I don't see it spelled phonetically, I see it spelled. But yet it's still what I see inwardly, not outwardly. Unless it's on a text, right? Because these words are written. And when we read them, you can see what we're saying. But do you see what we're saying? Only if you look. Because even though I'm reading from the printed page, I'm speaking from the unseen world. I began to realize that I really am starting to get this kingdom thing because I'm starting to sound more and more like Jesus. Like, what? What does that mean? We'll have to come to you after and talk to you to hear what you're talking about because it sounded like you were speaking in riddles, parables. Were you trying to trick us? 
No, I just realized that the simpler it is, the more complicated it can sound in its simplest form. Because man is predisposed to complicate what God says in an effort not to do what he says. So the same was in the beginning with God. In the beginning, word was the word. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, the word. So the word was in existence. Now, God and his word are one. And his word was spoken to create kingdom order. In the beginning, kingdom order was established. In the beginning, God created his own kingdom. Not in the beginning of the earth, but in the beginning of whatever, whenever, however, God has always been. How that works, I don't know. And I tell you what, my mind always freezes when I try to figure it out. Like an ice cream freeze or something. It's like, okay, that don't go there. It hurts. Just to, because I'm never going to be able to figure it out. But I know it's true. People ask the question, how can you believe in something that you cannot see? And I answer them with the same way you do. No, I don't only believe what I see. No, actually, you believe what others say, and you can't see it. <laughs> the words, whether right, righteousness-oriented, or ignorant, come from an unseen place, formulate in someone. They get a picture, and they release that picture into the seen realm. So it comes from the unseen. It comes from, uh, somebody needs to send that back there. Um, it comes from the unseen, the unseen realm. And it gets into us who are seen, but it's in the unseen part of us. So that when we speak, we release it into what is seen. We get our, where do your thoughts come from? They come from one of two sources. Just because you're born from above doesn't mean every thought that you have is of God. But the power to reproduce the thought belongs to you. The power to speak the thought, to express it, to give it life, belongs to you. That's your determination. I'm going to speak what God says or not. I'm going to focus on what God says or not. Your thoughts, your words will tell you. Now, when where does the body come into this? How about how I feel? Well, how I feel based upon is predetermined by two things. We said, well, the sickness or the, the, the pain or whatever it is has come on me. But how you think about it is what you will say. How you 
accepted as being just a fact of life tells you what source your belief is about these things. And this is, we're going to talk about this this afternoon more, but, but I'm talking about living out of the soul. But here it says God created, the word was in existence, kingdom order was established. Go to, go to Matthew 19. God created man and he brought woman forth. It was a, that was a forever deal. <laughs> Male and female. That was a forever deal. Let me throw in a comment. I had this conversation, I mentioned this before, I think. I had this conversation with Crystal, I think it was well, it was last week. It was Wednesday or Thursday. And we, or she kept, it was Wednesday, because she was keeping me company while I was driving home, I think. Maybe not, don't remember. <laughs> it was, you could help me, you know. Okay, anyway, <laughs> it was a conversation that I had with her. And I was using that righteousness, which I'll, we'll get to, the, the definition that God gave Dr. Baker regarding righteousness, that You may have been born without something. You may have been born, you know, a certain way, but you weren't created that way. I will be working through that for the rest of my days that I teach in the earth, you know? And so she asked the question, well, what does that really mean? And it's a funny thing, because sometimes when I, we say things, we just figure it's so simple, everybody knows. And then when they ask that question, we realize how complicated it actually is, even though it's simple in the saying, but the understanding is a lifetime. The reason that the understanding is a lifetime is because for the rest of our lives, we walk in the understanding. But if you only get it in your, in your mind, and you go, oh, this is great, and you're very enthusiastic about it, you won't follow through with it. It won't manifest for you. You'll, go re, you'll revert back over to what you know. See, what you know about living in this life is what you live. 
And so this is how we can say we must be taught to live from the soul. We live according to what we have always known. And when change wants to come and say, I'm going to let the kingdom of God have precedence, there's a revolt. You understand, the reason is because the kingdom, and this is where colonize starts to come in, the kingdom comes to change, to bring about colonization so that you conform to the ways of the king, not the king conforming to your ways. And you have had another ruler for a long time, you include myself. So there are things that we tolerate that we should not. And that is why the change and the victory doesn't happen. Because we allow ourselves to revert back to a natural pattern based upon an earth-cursed system. In the spirit realm, I can get these little punches. <laughs> into the sin, but you could not have been born a homosexual because God is the creator of life, and he doesn't have any perverse spirits. But there may have been in your bloodline these behaviors, there are no doubt about it, you know, whether it's uh, that form of perversity or something worse or, or, or more crazy to hear, I'll put it that way, or towards drugs or towards hoarding or uh, everybody is poor or uh, relationship issues, whatever they are. And you have problems relating to people. You, have, you were 
It's like there's a hardness about you. In whatever the area may be. The difficulty that you have in overcoming, this is the thing, your struggle in life. But you weren't created with that struggle. You were created with the ability to overcome. And when we come into the kingdom, we have to use that ability to overcome. To just say I was born a certain way, don't worry, I'm going to get all the way through it. To say I was born a certain way is to just lay down and accept it. I was born with a disease, a, a contagious disease, a, a, a life debilitating thing, and so I just have to live out my life this way, and that's all there is to it. No, that's all there is to it in the earth-cursed system. You were born into an earth-cursed system where these curses were free to fly around and land wherever they wanted to. Typically a family bloodline, typically the sins of the fathers, typically the, 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 the continuation down. Maybe every, everybody in the family wasn't homosexual, but there was that tendency towards perversion. And that opened the gateway for whatever form of it that somebody would be willing to accept. You see, they say, well, I always just preferred this. No, you didn't always prefer this. You were taught that you always preferred this. Because from the beginning, you weren't created that way. From the beginning, it was not so. And people struggle with that. They will fight us on that because, and some of you might even try to fight it, not in that area maybe, but over here in this one, or over here in this one, whatever it is, a physical thing, or a mental thing, an emotional thing, a relational thing, will fight, will resist. No, you don't understand that this has always been in my family. I say, okay, I don't care about what the devil is telling you. I care about what God has said. Now, if you told me in the beginning Satan created the heavens and the earth, then I would have cause to listen to you. But it's not in here. So when you or I speak on that level, well, Satan says, which is really what it is, no, we've always had a problem with this. The, the devil says, the devil says, it's like, then you have just told me who you serve. When you don't even belong to it. So if the description of the, the malady, the, 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 the situation, the circumstance, the illness, the physical thing, whatever, if it lines up with what this earth curse system says, then there is a remedy. And But if you don't think that way because the pain is paralyzing and it has you just, just laying there. Well, Kenneth Hagin, Dr. Kenneth Hagin told the story about being a 17-year-old boy on a bed of sickness. And he couldn't even stay awake very long during the day. But he got that in Mark 11 in him. He started with the New Testament, and he start, I believe, and he started reading. And he would read just a little bit. 
And day by day, day by day, he'd read it. He got to Mark 11. Whosoever shall say. Go ahead and go over there. Verse 22, he, Jesus said, have faith in God, have God's faith. For verily, verse 23, for verily I say to you that whoever shall, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Some of us have just gotten to the point that we enjoy the mountain view. By the end of this day, I should have a bunch of people ready to fight, including myself. Because see, there's passivity. Oh, I just love the vista of the mountain. Get on top of it and on the other side of it. I like the mountain too, but I like on the other side, not when it's an obstacle. He said that, and you can hear it in many of the teachings that he does, but definitely in the ABCs of faith. But he talked about how he would read that and go to sleep and he was asking the Spirit of God, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? That's not doubt, that's question. I don't know. Is this really true? Tell me about your character. Is this true? Whatever I say, whosoever shall say. And he went on with that and he went on with that and he went on, he'd fall asleep. He, you know, they never knew if he was dead or not. They, they said he could just go anytime. And they were continuing with this, whatever his, the sickness was. But he, one day, one day, after continually going through that, all of a sudden he knew it was true. Well, his, what he's saying is all of a sudden he got a connection to the fact that I may have been born this way, but I wasn't created this way. There's something more powerful than what the doctor said. There is something in this, this word right here, these spirit words that are creating a picture. Remember, I can see them and I'm reading them and I'm meditating on them, but what's going on, what the word is doing in me is inside, it's hidden, it's invisible. And I have to keep taking it. It's invisible, it's invisible, from, or keeping it in that unseen realm. You cannot see what it's doing, the picture that it's forming until I see it. And that's the day that I say it. And it happens. Because in the beginning, when God created, go to Genesis 1. You keep markers and all these. Bring those little sticky things and just stick them everywhere in your Bible. And that's why paper trumps over digital. You see the formula here is what I'm talking about. In the beginning it said God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth, it says, was without form. The earth was a chaotic mess. So we're talking about bohus. And void and darkness upon the face of the deep. So there was an ignorance. There was a, there was a, it was just a mess. Calamity and all this stuff. And God, the spirit of God moved. So there you see in the beginning, God is the creator. That's the first thing you learn about him. First thing you see is that he is a creator. The second thing that you see is that he's a spirit. Spirit of God. 
moved upon the face of the waters. And the third thing is that he speaks. He created it, and it became a mess. God did not create a mess. It became a mess. When you do your research, you can say that, you know, and, and many scholars do believe, they think the earth became a mess because of what got ejected from heaven. And it makes sense to me because God didn't create it to be a mess. So some kind of disturbance had to happen to bring darkness upon it. Catapulted out of heaven. Landed on part of heaven's domain. Not a citizen. Not a citizen. A homeless spirit. That's what it was. No home. Couldn't go back to heaven. Not as a resident. Not a citizen. Because it's created. Not born. Created not on, I should say, not created of anything that is in the earth. No earth in it. Therefore, couldn't claim any part of it. Can claim a part of the spirit realm, because that's what it is. But can't claim a part of earth, because it has no earth in it. Got it? Yeah. So God spoke. He moves, so you know that he, he, he creates. You know that he moves, he's a spirit, and he moves. He can move, he's not stationary. And, and I love that too because uh, God moving is not like you and I moving. Let's look at that word for a moment there. It's not. God moving is nothing like us. It says that the spirit of God moved. And that word meant he hovered, he was relaxed. I like that. Wow. He was relaxed. The word is rakah. It means to flutter, to move, or to shake, to vibrate, to change the frequency of darkness. And so he And here's that rule. He said, what did that verse say? Verse three, read those first three words. Then God said. Okay, he said. Go on, read it, read the rest. Let there be light. And there was light. So where did he get the words from? What did he release into the earth? Himself. Himself. In word form. 
we release spirit from where? If it comes from inside, he released from the unseen into the seen. You with me? Yes. So the unseen, you know you got a heart and blood and guts and stuff, right? But nobody can see it. But it's there. When you go to have those little moments in the water closet, you release into the sea what was previously not seen. And thankfully then flush it into another sea. <laughs> but it's always something emanating when you move around. There's always a part of us that we leave everywhere we go. Our handprints, our skin cells. We're always releasing a part of the human and when we have a conversation with people, we're always leaving a trace of our true selves with them. This is why you don't try to fool yourself into, you don't, you don't have to try to pretend to be uh, advanced in something that within five minutes of the time that you claim that advancement, you're gonna prove that you're a liar. I'm really spiritual, I really love God, I'm really this, I'm really that, and then you lose your temper. Or you get into a disagreement, right? Or they call you to tell you how much money you owe and you panic. You get hit with a symptom and it knocks you out, takes you out. But I'm still a kingdom citizen. I'm not putting down any of these things, we've all done it. I'm showing you why this continues to happen. Go to the next slide, please. See, the goal of God was never to have a religion, but to have rulership through relationship. This is Dr. Miles Monroe who said that. From the beginning, this is from the beginning, the goal of God was to have a, to have rulership through relationship. To teach us to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth. To manifest it, to make earth look like heaven. It was never, man tries to make heaven look like earth. Now they use that expression a lot, heaven on earth. But their idea of heaven is not where God lives. It's not a place of reigning. You understand? Any questions before we continue? Crystal, go to the next slide because that's where I'm going to camp for a minute. Okay. See, this is what speaks to what I'm saying. God's right order is the missing part to put back into order. He's making right the things that were going wrong. You were born a certain way, but you were created that way. And those words from the beginning connect to in the beginning. Because Jesus is talking, was talking the legend. Listen, from the beginning, he 
because he said, I came to bring the kingdom, not a new kingdom. I did not come. He did not come to bring something new. He came to restore. He did not come to introduce us to a new concept. He came to reintroduce us and reawaken us to the truth. The words that you see in Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Uh, repent, for the kingdom of God is here, is at hand, is seen, is now seen. I have brought the kingdom. And what are you going to see? You are going to see a man born in the earth. Walk in uh, in, with, with, with the presence of Holy Spirit on the inside. Because remember, the Spirit of God overshadowed, Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And Mary became pregnant. But the blood, if Jesus didn't have the earth's blood, he wouldn't have spilled it. So you see a man filled with the Spirit of God, and then also this anointed with the presence of the same Spirit that birthed him upon him when he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill all restoration, to bring us back into the right mind. Repent. 180. Everything you believed, everything that you have believed about yourself and about your life and about your health and about your wealth and about your personality and about your future and about your family and about everything that you have believed that does not derive from what God has said, you're going to have to depart from every single bit of it to come into this kingdom. Everything you've thought about yourself, everything you've thought about being inferior, everything you've thought about being incapable, everything you've thought about being, uh, uh, every insecure area of you is, is built and based upon how you think according to the earth cursed system. Say that word, earth cursed system of thinking. And believing and doing. Do you see what I mean? It's all of it. Everything you believe. And people are experts on sickness and disease. They are experts, especially on the stuff that is in their own body. I run across people that will tell you they love Jesus all day long. But oh, the doctor said, the report said, I looked it up on the internet. WebMD says this. Um, the, this center of, of this and that and the other uh, says this. This is this. This is this. You have to understand. I want to, I want to colonize you about the sickness and the disease that I cultivate. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> the times I've gone to the hospital because my body was symptoming. That's, a, that's my word. Symptoming. <laughs> and... They tell me this, that, and the other. I, I, honestly, I think that when, when it comes to stuff like that, I have the mind, my mind is like a sieve. No, yeah, no, not a sieve. Well, yeah, I guess, you know what I mean? What is that, what, huh? I don't hear it. It comes in, but it just drains right back out. 
because I don't want to hear it. The only reason I accepted, when I accepted the, the diagnosis for the, the, the thing that they were talking about with my eyes was because I saw it before they said it. When I saw Jesus changing the light bulbs, I got it. But see, we still have to go up another water to nose to see. I, he was changing them, so that doctor did a temporary thing. I still know. You, you get to change these light bulbs, so one day they'll be voting. Okay. <laughs> I think. But we take that stuff in, fill up a bag with it, and then carry it around. You know more about the sickness and disease than you do about the remedy. It's not instant. This is why you take your meds or do, do the stuff that you got to do. You're not in sin. It's not unbelief. It's all you know to believe. Until you get this other belief down. Till you see it so much. It fills us so much on the inside that we see it on the outside. When in Genesis 1, when God said, let there be light, he is light. And he saw light filling the earth. What, it doesn't tell you this here, but because faith is the currency, is the, is, the, is, the, is the conversation in the language of heaven, when he said it, he had absolute faith that it would happen. And it did, because he saw it before he said it. Now, we, I, I want to go further, because we do tell you, you have to see it on the inside before you can say it on the outside, right? But what I want to I want to add to that, you have to see it on the inside manifested outside. Faith is the substance. Of the ultimate reality. Faith is the the ingredients, if you will. That mix in with my words. Faith is a mixer. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an agent that it has to mix so that when I release the word, that's why we get these, you know, moments of faith and then they fizzle because we had a faith spirit moment and then we went back to a soul living experience. That's why people say stupid stuff. It is stupid. I lost the victory. Well, no, you didn't. You, you didn't get a full victory. You, you just got that momentary break through, but you didn't break the tape. You didn't keep running. Yes. First question of the day.
You're going to help answer the question. Okay, Hebrews 11. Now, some people will describe in verse 1, it says, now faith is the substance, or now uh, faith is the, the, um, the word is hupotasis, hupostasis, forgive me. Okay, and it is defined, and we, we've talked about this before, that it is one of the things that is described as a substantial quality or nature, it's a steadfastness of mind, or it is that which has actual existence. The substance is real. Now where is faith? Where does faith come from? What's the origin of faith? Where can you find faith all the time? In the word. Yes, you can, but where is it? What, where is faith the currency? Where is it known to be the currency? In heaven. There you go. Okay. So it's a known, it's an actual, real thing. Faith is the real thing. The real thing. The real thing. Uh -huh. It's the real thing. Okay. It's the truth. It's the it's the actual evidence, if you will, or it's the of of what you are hoping for. Okay. What you're trusting for, or what you're going to speak. The origin. Don't try to think it. Just keep, I'm going to keep going, okay? Now listen. It's the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. Well, what things are not seen? Um, if you're sick, your health may not be seen yet. Mm -hmm. Or There's an answer you need. The answer may not be seen yet. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're asking? That's part of it. Yeah. Come on. You you know more than you think. That's why I'm I'm, I'm we're gonna get past what you think and we're gonna get to what you well, know. God's right? provision may not be seen. May not be seen. And are words seen? And words are not seen. Words are not seen. And all these things come from what realm? From the unseen realm. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen or the evidence of the unseen realm. Faith is not seen. And yet it is. Yes. Okay? Yes. It's more confusing now than it was before, but that's okay. We're going to keep working through this. It's the ultimate reality. The ultimate reality is from the beginning. Where, who, who is the ultimate? If you want, if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who is the ultimate reality? Yeah, see, but now you see what, what's happening is you're going, well, um, hmm. Okay. Say this, blessed are my ears, for they hear, blessed are my eyes, for they see, I choose to see, I choose to hear, so I will look, and I will listen, in the realm, in the realm from which I come. 
God spoke, Genesis 1, says that he is the creator, he created the heavens and the earth, and as we know, because of who he is, he called it good. Eternity doesn't have time. So there are, they are, and then one day there is a, one, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an instant of eternity, something was sprung out, was thrown out of heaven, and I think landed on this earth because God didn't create chaos. And even if he had left this territory unmanned, it would not have been chaotic except there was a disturbance. Okay, the other proof of that is that the, the presence of this, this spirit, when the man and the woman, as they, as they came forth, the presence of the spirit being there to, he, he's not time traveling, he's not traveling from this part of the galaxy to another, so the thing had to already be there. Man was given dominion over it, but since he was watching man to see if man recognized uh, uh, you know, what they all had dominion over, it's waited for the it waited for the time to speak. And that's why I believe that that's where he ended up, where, where Satan ended up, where Lucifer fell, is in, in the earth. But again, not of the earth, just on it. Okay, as much as the spirit could be on it. Resting, restless, to and fro. I think that wandering to and fro has been from the time that he landed. And he couldn't find anything to eat. <laughs> so the earth was without form. And boy, it became this, okay? And so God moved, and then he said. So as the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, that's what that said, right? So the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. All right, well, here's the thing about that. That word there, again, movement. He hovers, he vibrates, he, he does all those things, and broods, and he's relaxed. Well, to me, when you're brooding and yet you're relaxed, you're getting a picture. I don't think he just got a picture of light. You see, from the beginning, and even from be, before the foundations of the world, the lamb was already slain. So that means God saw across all the eons. He saw this day. And all the days ahead. He saw every single thing. Nothing is hidden from him. And all of those pictures of all of his children and the fall and the rise. He saw it before he ever said, let there be light. So what did he see? He saw the victorious start, and he sees the victorious ending, and he even sees the new heavens and earth. He sees all of it. There's no, he's not working this thing out, trying to figure out what he's going to do next. You know, God is filled with surprises, but he himself is never surprised. That's why he's called omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere at once. And the word proves that out. So you and me and all of the silliness that tries to change our personalities and get us to feel bad, what a waste. 
gonna be kissing. My soulmate, whatever their name is, right? No, I'm not. I'm a spirit with a soul. I'm not a soul man. I'm a spirit man. But everybody doesn't know that about themselves. God's right order. Okay, let's look at the scripture here. Uh, it's John 9, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read. It's too small for... I'm going to read it from this side. Yeah, it's closer. Okay. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Blind from birth. That's John chapter 9, starting with verse 1. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? See, they had the, con the understanding, if you will, about bloodlines. They had some understanding of that. You know, who sinned? Now, when you first read that, and I think even possibly some of the understanding, we're thinking, even when we say we were born into sin, we're thinking somehow who did wrong as mama or as daddy that they were punished by this kid that was born blind. Right? But that's actually not what the question is. And wherever that is, see, that's not the truth of, of, of God. That, that your sins caused God to punish you by cursing your children. But people believe that. And I've heard that kind of ignorance the reason that that child was born a certain way is because you see how those parents live? <laughs> drug babies do come because there are drugs in the system of the, the blood that has been feeding them. Not to punish. It's a result of ignorance, but it is not a judgment of God. God told David, when David, the son that um, Bathsheba, some people call her Bathsheba, he told him this baby is not going to live. And many people said, yeah, see, God punished him because, because he had sex with that woman, and therefore she got pregnant. And God said, no, he's going to kill this kid. This kid is not going to live. That is not what he said. Sickness and disease comes. God said, this child is not going to live. That's information. That is not a curse. You see it? Yes, but you know what? Stop. You're looking for reasons to find fault with God. If you want to continue to live out of your soul, you don't need to rebut anything. Just stay the way you are. but I'm not going to waste the time to have that conversation because it's, it's, it's from Satan. It's not from Jesus. Jesus told him, neither has man sinned nor his parents, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and 
said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came to him. Okay, let's look at something. A trickster. There used to be a, um, I don't know if it actually really happened or if it was just on TV shows that I saw, but there used to be, well, I know that this is true, that there were door-to-door -door vacuum salesmen. And they would supposedly knock on the door, and as soon as the door opened, they'd throw dirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> they'd throw dirt. And the housewife, of course, is right. Oh, I want to show you my handy-dandy vacuum cleaner, and it'll clean that dirt right up. So he caused a problem, and then shows you the solution to the problem that he caused. Right? Okay, that's a trick. God doesn't do that. So God does not need to make somebody sick so that you can see that he can heal. There's enough people Satan has made sick. All we got to do is show that God heals. So Jesus did not say, oh, this guy, his parents didn't sin, but he's born this way so that you can see the works of God should be made manifest in him. That is not what that means. What he said is, no, it's not because of the sins. This man is not blind because his parents did wrong. Okay? Um, that's not it. But the works of God will be made manifest in him. He's saying, I am going to work the works of him that has sent me. I see the Father healing this man. I'm telling you the cause of his blindness is not the issue. The change from blind to seeing is what the issue is. I didn't come to debate with you. Can God do it? Does the man deserve it? What about this? What about that? I simply came to do the works. That's what he said. I am here to work the works of him that sent me. What I see him do. See, all of these things, you gotta, we have to put this in, mix in the faith that Jesus did. This is mixed with faith. Some of us will look at a blind person and go, okay, I'm going to have to ramp up my faith here. I've got to ramp up my faith here. Instead, why don't we look to see what the Father is doing and simply do it. Blindness is intimidating. This kind of disease is a cancer is intimidating. This is it's only intimidating because we've been uh, trained to think that it is. This would be harder. Well, you know, Jesus said this kind only comes out by prayer and by fasting. Who's prayer and fasting? Why prayer and fasting? Because I gotta see. Because I have to see. And some of these will, will cause a different kind of, uh, the, the, the way things are in this world. Remember, Jesus, what, when he was looking at this little boy, that's the one that was thrown in the fire. He had just come from a meeting with Elijah and Moses. So I pretty much think he was operating at full power. Are you catching this? He doesn't, this is a demonstration of someone living from the spirit, not from their soul. This is a demonstration of one that says, I am here to work the works of him that sent me. And what is that work? Jesus came to destroy the 
works of the devil because that's the work he's been sent to do. He was sent to bring the kingdom. He was sent to introduce the kingdom. He was sent to show us as a son of the king. I operate this way as an ambassador of the kingdom. This is, this is, I'm bringing a different government. As a citizen of the kingdom, I'm exercising my rights to expect that what I say in the earth, the kingdom will back up. Everything he did, he said, watch me. Watch what I do. And then you're going to go and do likewise. Because there is this, because this is the way of the kingdom. That we look to see what the father is thinking. Or look to hear what he's in. You know, what he's thinking will show as a picture. So Genesis 1, again, God saw, or he, he saw. <laughs> God saw that it was light, and it was light. I want to present to you a slightly different way of looking at that verse. Go back again. So it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4 says, and God saw the light, good, and he divided the light from the darkness. So God saw the light, but when he saw the light, was he just seeing the light for the first time? No. He saw the light, then he said the light, and then he saw the light. He saw the light, he said the light, he saw the light. From the invisible, he saw it was work. I get it now. Told you. He saw it in his thinking. He saw it. That's faith. The substance has been mixed with faith, and now you see it. So when you see it, you don't just see it. He didn't just see light in himself. He saw light in the earth. And because he saw light in the earth, he spoke light in the earth. How did he see the light in the earth? Are you saying the light was already there? No. He saw it inside himself. He saw the light moving from simply being in his words and in his thoughts and in his picture. He saw the picture manifesting in the earth. He saw what the earth looked like with light. That's the disconnect that we have oftentimes. We believe it and we can see it, but we don't see it all the way to the completion, to the actual actualization of it. I can see my finances. I can see um, my whatever it is. I can see it. But I, I, I see it on the inside, but I have to do what God did. Hover. Move. Mutter. Vibrate. I'm, it's not, I'm not birthing, I'm not ready to birth it yet. It's not, but I, I got it. I got the picture. I got the words. I got the seed, which is the words, vibrating on the inside of me. Oh, but what does it look like? What does it look like when we rescue people out of these things? What does it look like to, to find this individual? What does it look like, this circumstance of, of where they were? What does this look like? You know, and now see, I'm moving. It's like, okay. Okay, you're wanting me to, hmm, all right, hmm, okay, this is what I see, it. I'm starting to, okay, what does this look like? Give me more, give me more words, give me more words, or open this word up, 
seed planted on the inside that starts to move in the darkness and change the inside, the atmosphere, the inside of us, so that it will begin to, okay, hmm, hmm, okay, all right, and you're muttering, you're vibrating, you're doing hmm, hmm, what does this look like, what does this look like, all I'm thinking about is this is what the atmosphere will look like when, when I lay hands on this person or, or when this happens or whatever the picture might be, it could, when, when, when my checking account is full, and we have the language of the spirit, they go, oh, but God didn't speak in tongues, he spoke the language of the spirit. about to turn 40, you know what that means. <laughs> no, what does it mean? Well, you know, the mind's the first thing to go. No, I'm not, that's not going to happen to me. You're going to start losing your memory when you No, I'm not. And I definitely remember you telling me that. You have heard it was said. In Matthew, Jesus keeps saying in the Beatitudes, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you. You've heard it was said, but I'm saying this. Because from the beginning, it wasn't so. 
we have to put to fulfill all righteousness, we want to put it back into the right order. Your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, 100, 110, 120. You are not meant to forget or to lose your mind. Not the mind of Christ. Get rid of the other one. But you're not. The only reason you forget is because you're trying to remember the things of the world. I, I need to forget. Forget those things which are behind me and press into what is before me. See how it's still kingdom? It's always kingdom. From the beginning, it was kingdom, and it is always kingdom. So he said, Matthew 4, 17, I'm giving you all your scriptures, so I hope you're writing these down. He said, from that time on, I believe, I'm paraphrasing, but from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Change. It's time to change the way you think, because your thinking has everything to do with the kingdom that you live in. How you think uh, determines where you live and how you live and the kind of results that you have. It, it, it shows, it depicts whether you are, you choose to walk in evil, uh, well, it's all evil, or you attract different types of things because you do, you're duped into expecting disaster. I've heard people who believe that they're millennial talk about the fact that in their 20s, they just hope they get to live. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. I hope I live. They don't have a long life expectancy. Well, who taught them that? That because they accept a label. This is why I don't claim to be a Christian. Because I, God never called me one. The Bible says that they were first called that. But first called that, but they were, they were not called that by God. Jehovah Jireh, which is the name of God that, that she's learning to, to really know him in that. 
And I said, how do you know? Or something to that effect. And she said, because I want it. That's the way a son speaks. Because my father offered it and I want it. The scepter is extended and I take it. He is giving me more than. He's not looking at me as reduced to zero. That's the adversary. So sonship has to be a part of this. But we, sons are not sick. And that's why I say, listen, here's your learning curve. You're not really thinking of yourself as a son. So therefore, you're thinking still the way that one that was an alien to the covenant of God will think. We still walk around acting like we owe this world something. We still owe the devil. For what? Taking good care of us? If he was your babysitter, they need to have hidden cameras. <laughs> right? Okay. So again, let's look at it. So God said, let there be light. And in that God said is also God seeing. He saw it. And so he said it. He saw it in some place other than just himself. He saw it in him, but he saw it in fulfillment. He saw it actually being there. I'll give you another example. Jesus was not surprised. Uh, let's see where I'm going to go. Who was it, Bartholomew? Who was sitting under the tree? Huh? Nathaniel? Was it Nathaniel? Yeah. When he said, uh, what was he, uh, without guile? Okay, where is that? Frederick's text. We haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> it probably is. Well, while, while y'all find it, I'm waiting for my text. Um, um, thank you. I found it too. You got it. John 1. So you would have got a prize if you hadn't You'll get a prize anyway. Okay, go to John chapter 1. We're all over these books today. All right, verse 47. He called Philip and Nathaniel. Okay, so the day Jesus, the, the day following, reading verse 43, Jesus, uh, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, remember, <laughs> Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. It'd be like, from East Palo Alto? From Oakland? <laughs> from San Jose, seriously? You, you got something good coming out of San Jose? Okay. 
see what I mean? Or Gilroy or whatever, Manteca? Seriously, that Manteca? What is in Manteca? Me, mama, a whole bunch of us, okay. So Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus said, Before, you, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So he wasn't surprised, but Nathaniel uh, was. You saw me under the fig tree? Uh, what time? <laughs> what time did you see me? You know, what was I doing under that fig tree? What did he see? Oh my, okay, you know. All of that starts going through your mind, right? But see, Jesus wasn't surprised when Nathaniel came because he looked to see what his day was going to be like. Any more questions before we... We've got a few more minutes, and John is going to bring this first part home. So what we're covering is our intro. God's right order. That's what righteousness is, Carletta. The missing part to put back. The missing parts of our ability. What was missing? Our thinking, our vocabulary, our understanding. We didn't know that we were sons. So we've been trying to reach God by works. A, a good definition of Christianity or any religion is a search. You're searching for identity. They're searching for truth. They search for this. They search for that. Okay, it sounds like something out of a, a novel. They seek him here. They seek him there. Those people, I'm going to say Prince, seek him everywhere from the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> is he from heaven or is he from hell? That elusive Pimpernel. They're seeking. Yeah, it's a great book. Even that writes a book. They're seeking. That's religion. Jesus said, seeking ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Ask and it shall be given to you. What does that mean? Your search is ended. What you've been looking for, right here. When you um, ask for it, it will be given to you. When you look for it, you will find it. And when you knock, you can come in. That tells me Jesus preached kingdom, not religion, because religion is a search for the truth. The kingdom of God is the, is the truth. There is no more seeking. I'm not a Christian. I'm a son. I'm not going to let myself be reduced to man's understanding of my relationship with God. Okay? I'm not going to deny my parentage because it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Christian is a term they gave because they were comfortable with it. If I call you this, then you can start to be what I, you know, everything that I want to attribute to your behavior is because you're a Christian. Chris, that's why the world knows more of our, our better experts on Christians than Christians are. <laughs> you call yourself a Christian. 
Well, Christians, I thought Christians were supposed to, yeah, you did, you thought that, and that's your created idea of a Christian. But I'm not your creation. I'm his. And those are the things that start to come out. It's not confrontational. It's very funny. I don't get it from you. Let me tell you something. I'm just, because that is it's such a turn off. It's like, that's my, that's, that would be my insecurity. Let me tell you something, Michelle. Okay, I'm not secure. That's what I just told you. If I got to get in your face like that to tell you who I am and why you got to respect me, I'm not secure. Jesus was more disrespected than anybody and still is. But I don't see angels doing regular bowling tournaments, you know, with human lives. Just line them up, throw the ball, knock them out. You insulted the most high. Take them down. So why is my sword out? Because they disrespected me calling me them names like that. You Don't you see me? Don't you recognize me? Recognize. Not when you're acting like me, no. That's what the world is saying. You're acting like me. Yeah, I recognize you, all right. Okay? Those are insecurities. Jesus didn't do it. And I'm, I'm, you read it. He said some crazy stuff to him. And he just looked at him. I love the way it is that he just kind of turned. He wasn't, a, I mean, come on, this dude was a carpenter. He's not some skinny little weakling. He was like, wow. He's got cuts. He's got all this stuff. He's got know-how. But he, there he is. The kids are like, yeah, I want to come. He turns and said, leave him. The only time he upbraided his students, his disciples, was when they, y'all are acting like you have that. Get back in here. Get back in that classroom. Sit down. Let's start over. His own. And like the only time he responded in all the time that he was being held, you know, before the crucifixion was when, who was it, Pilate, um, who came to him and said, I heard that you were a king, you know, and this, that, and the other. He only talked kingdom. The rest of the time, he's quiet. If this were my kingdom, I could call the angels to have a bowling or a slice and dice. Even now, they're primed and ready. All I gotta do is say it. And it will take you out. But that's not what I'm here for. Well, you got the same power. Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent to back you up? waiting for you to speak the word because you're the son. Different kind of son, because God calls them sons too, but we're a different kind of son. We're the sons of the earth, the angels are not. All they can do is assist, because they're not citizens. We're the sons that are in this domain, this territory called earth, with dominion power here to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth, and the angels are assigned to assist. Then you start getting an understanding. It's not just to see them to see them. It's not just to this and that. But it's always more. Sons are speaking. And there's, there are those that are opposing us. And there are those that are here to support. 
that are listening to hear what we have to say. And so we have to say what the king says. We're, we're here, God's right order. The missing parts are put back into order by words. The words that you and I speak. In the second half, we're going to talk more. I, I am talking about living from the soul. Um, but we're going we're gonna to go into... Um, well, I'll end it with this thought and we'll begin with it. Charlie, can you change the slide for me, please? Go to the next one. No, go the other way. Keep going. Next one. There. Unseen things make physical things. We're going to talk about that. Okay? So we got about three minutes, four minutes. Um, so let's go ahead. I'm going to stop there, and we will uh, bring tithes and offerings forward. And trades, you might want to, this would be a good trading day for you. <laughs> um, I want to speak to the people that are online uh, over media with, with us. We're going to receive tithes and offerings, and we're going to speak a declaration over it, and then what we'll do is give you the opportunity to join in with that, and then you get to come back, take a 15-minute break, and come back for the second half. You're not going to want to miss it. So let's bring it forward and then we'll go ahead and speak our declaration. Today, I wanted to say this too. We're asking, Dr. Baker told us this last week, to keep asking, um, okay, here's not your obligatory or what you feel obligated to give, but ask the Lord what does he want to give to each of us so that we are beginning to break ourselves free from fear of finance. Fear of poverty. I, I spoke to somebody this week and told them, you know, they were like, well, I don't, all I found is a penny or a quarter or whatever it is. You know, those nickels, pennies, and dimes that you look for and find? That's a big offering. Because you were willing to humble yourself to get it. Don't despise that. Yes, you want to increase in your giving. You want to increase the amount. We want to do that because, yeah, we pay rent here and do stuff like that, and those things are, are necessary. But I want you to stop despising the amount that you start with. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. All right? And start giving it with the expectation that the ground that it's planted in, God will cause increase, and somebody will match it. It might come from the outside, or he'll, he'll I'll turn around and there's double what I had, and then I get to go back and give that. I've heard stories of people, as you bring it, bring it forward and then stand up. Um, I've heard of people, there was one offering I heard, of, and I believe this, uh, it, was, it was documented, that the guy was asking the Lord for um, something to give, and he reached into his pocket, and there it was. And so he brings it, or he wallet or whatever, and he brings it forward, and, and he takes it, and he's just he's so happy, I got to bring this forward. And he goes back, and he just puts his hand back in his pocket, and there's another one. <laughs> so he reaches out, and he goes, whoa, these were $20 bills, I think. And he goes running back up there to give it. He was so excited. Whoa, this is testimony, right? And he gives it, and he turns around to go back, and there's another one. <laughs> what happened? Did God bring money from heaven? No, I think a portal opened. And he was able to reach into his treasury. And he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he kept doing it until it, it, it was doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling. But see, people go, oh, that's fantastic. But Christians think, oh, what a great story. 
came into this and said, yeah, that's exactly how our kingdom works. Why am I not tapping into this? And we start doing it. How you take the story will let you know where you're living. You've already brought it forward, hold up your hand, and you can say this. Um, <laughs> and we can go from there. Okay. Because we are kingdom citizens. Because we are kingdom citizens. We are tithers. We are tithers. And the windows of heaven are open. And the windows of heaven are open. And the blessing is pouring out. And the blessing is pouring out. Because we are kingdom citizens. Because we are kingdom citizens. We are sowers. We are sowers. Furnished in abundance. For every good work. As kingdom citizens, we receive from our king. And we always have to give. And therefore, we're always primed to receive. Businesses and clients. Jobs and better jobs. Raises and bonuses. Benefits, sales, and commissions. Settlements. Estates, estate, the inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, kingdom citizens, receive supernatural wealth transfer, we receive our bills paid off, and debts demolished, and royalties received, and property acquired, we get our buildings, Lands, houses, vehicles. Lands, houses, vehicles. Equipment and airplanes. Equipment and airplanes. And God is bringing into our hands. And God is bringing into our hands. Seed to sow. Seed to sow. Great big seed. Great big seed. Whopper size seed. Whopper size seed. As kingdom citizens. As kingdom citizens. We are authorized. We are authorized. To command our harvest to come. To command our harvest to come. So do it. Harvest. 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 Come to us now. Harvest. Come to us now. And as kingdom citizens. In the name of Jesus. We speak to our harvesting angels. We speak to our harvesting angels. And we tell them. Go get it and bring it to us. Go get it and bring it to us. Right now. Right now. And we receive it as being done. Because we seek first. Because we seek first the kingdom of God. Yes, we do. So I thank you for joining us for the first half. It is 11.32. So we'll be back at 11.47. That's pretty close. And we thank you for joining us at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. San Jose, California, 95131. And the telephone number is 408-945-4439. I'm Pastor Leslie Lee. I am filling in today in Biblical Solutions for Life. This is part one that is typically held by our own Apostle Dr. Baker, who this day is ministering in St. Louis, Missouri. And we invite you back for the second half. Thank you.